What up, world? It's your past first point guard, Trailblazer reporter Mike Richmond, listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts, and now also on YouTube. If you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel yet, remedy that now. Go subscribe to the show. Thanks for making Locked on Blazers your first listen every day. Free on all platforms, five days a week, every single weekday. The only daily Trailblazers podcast. Make it your first listen every day. Make it part of your daily routine and tell your friends to do the same. In today's show, the Blazers just can't, they can't tank right. They win again, their third straight victory, a 122-107 win over the Milwaukee Bucks. I want to talk about that game. I want to talk about who who fits from this group as we move forward. So much of the Blazers' success in the future, Matt, is about how these puzzle pieces that we're seeing now, how they fit on the next iteration of the Blazers. I want to talk about what we've seen from the sort of core group of newcomers and how they can help with this group moving forward. And finally, what if the Blazers can't tank? What if they just what if this team just can't quite do it? What is, is that the end of, is that the end of the line? Is that just like the worst problem they could possibly have? Or is there, uh, can I suss out a small silver lining if I get my magnifying glass out and look close enough? That is what we'll do to close the show. But first, let's go fastest recap in the West. The Blazers win 122-107 in Milwaukee, their third consecutive victory. And it started with an explosive second quarter. This game was high scoring early. Blazers were just making shots. It was 31-30 after the first quarter. But the Blazers outscored the Bucks 40-24 in that second quarter. They scored 71 points in the first half. Amphrey Simons had 16 alone. Josh Hart had 10 in the uh, in the second quarter. That's 26 from the Blazers' starting backcourt. The Bucks got just 24 points. Now, the Bucks were playing without Giannis Antetokounmpo. They were playing without uh, Pat Connaughton. They're missing, they're missing some of their parts, playing without George Hill. I would argue the Blazers are missing their best player as well. You may have heard of him. Uh, I would argue the Blazers are missing an important role player in Nazir Little. This, whatever, however way you slice it, it's a pretty impressive win. So when the Blazers scored 40 points in the second quarter and made this a 17-point lead at halftime, all they had to do was hold on, and hold on they did. Uh, in the fourth quarter, the Bucks cut it to eight points on four separate occasions. But Milwaukee, in this game, in this in this building, never had the ball with a, down just two possessions. Uh, they had the ball down eight once, they had the ball down nine once, but never had the ball down two possessions in the fourth quarter. Blazers just wouldn't, just would not let them come all the way back. Uh, Milwaukee's five and five without Giannis Antetokounmpo uh, coming into this game. They're not a particularly good, good team when he doesn't, you know, kind of mediocre team when he doesn't play. Uh, but take nothing away from the Blazers. They they hold off the Bucks late. They get their win, 122-107. That's your fastest recap in the West. More like your normalist speed recap in the West because I got a little sidetracked in the middle there. But Anthony Simons led the way, 31 points and 6 assists. Josh Hart. Josh Hart can ball. We'll talk about him a little bit. 27 points, 7 boards, 5 assists, a steal, and 2 blocks. 10 of 16 from the floor hit 5 three-pointers. That complimented Ann, who hit 7 three-pointers. The Blazers as a team, 18 of 43 from deep. They hit 18 threes, shot 42% as a team from three. You're going to win a lot of games, 18 from 18 threes on 40% shooting. A lot of games. Yusuf Nurkic uh, had had a couple kind of lighter nights. Nothing quiet about this one. Lights, lighter scoring nights. He had 20 rebounds in the last game. But lighter scoring nights, 23 points, 16 boards, 4 assists. Uh, Nurk was pretty good. Little, Kind of got a little shot happy late in the game, but he was, prior to the fourth quarter, I thought Nurk was excellent. Justice Winslow continues to be just 
a, a great role player. 13 points, 10 boards, 4 assists, 2 steals and a block, 6 of 12 from the floor. Uh, he was 1 of 4 from 3, and his 1 3 is kind of like a almost all the way down in the corner right wing 3. But if you if you just take away those 3s, 5 of 8 inside the arc, like simplify the game for Justice Winslow. He's going to be a really good player. Trent Watford off the bench, 9 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists. The Blazers had... Five players, including five players with at least four assists in this game. Justice Winslow had four assists. Yusuf Nurkic had four assists. Josh Hart had five. And Anthony Simon, six. CJ Elby, who started, finished with 10, four, and four, had four assists. And Watford with five off the bench. They finished this game with 30 assists on 45 made field goals. The ball was popping. Blazers held off Drew, uh, the Bucks, led by Drew Holiday, who had 23 Bobby Portis had 17. He had 30 on like a perfect shooting night the last two times. The last time these two teams played a couple, 10 days ago in Portland. Uh, so good to see Bobby Portis not go nuts if you're the Blazers. Chris Middleton's uh, 16 points, 11 boards, 9 assists, 3 of 15 shooting, 1 of 8 from 3. Cash Middleton, money's no good here. Did not play particularly well. Jordan Noir, 17 points off the bench. Didn't really feel like it for my money. Didn't really feel like it for 17 off the bench from Jordan Noir. I thought... His misses were, uh, you know, timely misses. Like, oh, you know, down 10. This is a big shot. Air ball from Jordan Nora. Uh, tough step back in the corner, down down 11. Let's get a single digits. Brick off the rim. Um, but, you know, don't scout the box score, I guess. That's that's the lesson there. This was just a real, no matter how you slice it, it's a good win for the Blazers. Um, we'll talk about this in a little bit coming up. Like, you could say all wins are bad, but... They're just playing well. This is another another instance of them playing well. And Amphrey Simons continues to do what he does, which is he can take on a load of of being the offensive guy. You know, 16 in the second quarter as they're pulling away, getting it done, getting downhill, getting done, getting to a step back, just coming off screens and, and getting right into a step back, mid-range pull-ups. Uh, he was, you know, I, I've, I've hesitated to use this word with him because what he is is a really good player. Um, and we don't like hyperbole doesn't do him any justice because he could just be really good without overhyping him. He's a superstar stuff, superstar stuff in the last three games. Like, he's just been fantastic. Uh, you know, this one was, you know, he's, he started a little slow in the last game. There's no slow start in this one. Maybe didn't his first shots. Like sometimes he does, he rips through the net in the first couple shots. And you're like, oh, Ant might be super hot, but like this wasn't slow start wild comeback. This was, he got, he got rolling in that second quarter and never looked back. Like he was, he was really, really good in this game. Josh Harden and Justice Winslow continue to look like valuable role players. And if Yusuf Nurkic gets, you get this type of, night out of Nurk where he approaches 50% shooting from the field. He made two threes, which I don't really, I don't really want to celebrate um, because I don't love Nurk shooting threes, but if he's going to take them, you want him to go in. Uh, like, no matter how you slice it, 120, 122 points on the road, 71 in the first half. You hold off a good team when they're making the late push. It's a good win. What I want to talk about in the second segment, though, is not just praising the good win. I want to what we're watching here with the Blazers is kind of like them screw up the plan, right? They're messing up with the count, but more than like screwing up the count, they're just, they're building for something. They're building for what's next. And so much of what I'm watching when I watch these games is how can this, which is fun and exciting and entertaining and a really good brand of basketball, how can this be something that carries in the next season? If you if you drop Damian Lillard and Nazir Little into this equation and you drop some free agents and some draft picks, like what sticks, what works? Let's talk about what's sticking and what's working in that second segment. But before we do that, Let's talk about BetOnline.net, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. You may have missed betting on football's championship game. The National Football League had their Super Bowl on Sunday, so you missed a huge 
huge betting moment, huge betting weekend in, uh, in American sports, North American sports. But it ain't over because the NHL's regular season rolls on, the NBA's regular season rolls on, you're getting soccer all over the globe, you're getting tennis matches, you're getting the uh, end of the winter Olympic sports, you're getting combat sports, whatever you might want, it's all available at betonline.net. So don't wait, head on over there today, it's BetOnline where the game starts. All right. Blazers beat the Bucks 122-107. A legitimately fun game. Uh, you know, in a season where maybe they're winning in spite of the front office's direction, like I'm not I'm not going to if they play well and they win, I'm going to call it what it is. They played well and they won. This game was entertaining. But so much of what when I'm watching this game is like what's next? What is what what are they building towards? And and I'm fascinated watching Josh Hart and Justice Winslow and thinking like, if you drop Damian Lillard into this, if you drop Nazir Little into this, you drop a free agent forward into this, and you drop another a couple draft picks perhaps. Like if you drop these, drop some new players into this experiment, what does it look like? That that's that is legitimately fascinating to me. And I I think. You know, since the trade deadline, they definitely played better. Uh, even since the sort of initial trades away, they've they've trended towards um, playing better basketball. You know, getting rid of uh, Norm Powell and Robert Covington didn't make the Blazers better, but the the product has looked a, bit, a little better. Some of it is like obvious stuff, like you know they had 30 assists tonight against the Bucks, but like that's more of like a ball go in stat than the ball was moving. Uh, you know, they made 18 threes. Threes are typically shots that are set up. I think something north of 70% of threes in the NBA come off a pass. Uh, guys just don't, guys don't uh, shoot into dribble into a bunch of threes. So, you know, you make 18 three pointers, you can have a lot of assists. It's just kind of how the sport works. Um, but I think, you know, it when you see it and certainly the ball has moved more recently for the Blazers than it has um, at, at other times in the season when it has really stuck, even, even in the Amphrey Simons era, like post Dame's injury, the, there's been, nights when the ball has stuck more this wasn't one of those nights and I think in general they've trended in this direction I think they're playing a little more connected defense um not great like this isn't like an elite defensive team and and there's still some some holes particularly in transition defense I think where they're um haven't been as good but um you know they're they're competitive and they're better and it's entertaining and I'm always I'm like I know that maybe the 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 path is to lose and I will talk about that to close the show but like I'm not going to shy away from if they play well and they win. I'm going to call it what it is. This is a fun game that they played well and won. But when I'm watching this game, I'm 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 really just thinking about what's next, the next iteration of the Blazers. So when I'm watching Josh Hart, I'm thinking about what's next. And some of it is like he can he can morph between on ball high usage like on ball high usage, uh, you know lead guard to chaos engine so when he's a lead guard like he played backup point guard tonight with when uh, Dennis Smith Jr. missed a second straight game with an elbow injury and as a lead guard he wasn't as good as he was against the Knicks Josh Hart was not he didn't run the offense as well but he still got them into stuff he can still run pick and rolls and make decisions and find guys and and like get get the flow going with as a ball handler that's that's valuable uh, and then when he's off the ball and Amphrey Simons is running pick and rolls that run stuff through the elbows to Nurk and Justice Winslow he's spotting up for threes like he hit five threes I think only two of them were off the dribble you know he's he's taken catch and shoot opportunities spacing to the second side uh being being you know just he had a steal and a run out dunk in this game like he just he can be a chaos engine he can be the sort of role player that fills in where what what needs to be filled in and 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 does sort of just energy stuff or he showed abilities to be more of like take on more creation levels you know 27 7 and 5 is 
like I called, you know, Amphrey Simon superstar stuff. Like, but that's, that's a serious game. Like you don't, you don't luck into that by being just like chaotic and in the right place at the right time. Like Josh Hart can play. And I think what we've seen from him is that he can play in, in a lot of different like ways. Like he can, why I don't worry about him is because of his, his ability to morph up and down the roster. I think he could play two and three. I think, um, you know, the Blazers would be a little small if he plays three, but I think you can get away with it a lot during the regular season. Um, and he brings it and, and the passing ability really opens things up. He's, he's, he's going to be good regardless of what the roster looks like next year. Assuming he's on board for the ride. And I think he will be justice Winslow. I was really, really curious about justice Winslow's offense because, uh, if, if you listen to the previous episodes, I was a big believer in, in young Justice Winslow. Like his first season, um, maybe first two seasons, but certainly his rookie season in Miami, he's like, he's so big, so strong, and he can really pass. And it's like, oh man, this is a special combination of talent. Um, and he's just like, he doesn't have a position. He's just like f- forward guard, little center. Like he's just, he's whatever it is. Like he can, he he brings it and he has this interesting skill set. but the offense never really came around. And then post the injuries, you know, some of the, the, the back and the hip stuff. Um, he just hasn't been as good of an offensive player. He was straight up bad in Memphis. And in, I, I, you know, I've watched a ton of Clippers games this year. One of my favorite league pass teams. He wasn't that good in his Clippers minutes. Like he just straight, straight up wasn't that good. He's looked better here. And so much of like how I'm trying to like, okay, well, here's the calculation I'm doing in my head while I'm watching Justice Winslow I'm saying, okay, Justice Winslow's a four. So that means maybe Nas is a three. And if you put Nazir Little at the three and his lack of shooting and Justice Winslow's lack of shooting, what else do you need around him? Okay, well, you have Damon um, and Ant in the like presumable lineup and you have Nurk who has doesn't have shooting touch but has some like interior gravity that can open stuff up because he'll he'll bully you and they'll and they'll have to send a double team and then you can work off of that. And I'm kind of filling in the cracks. I don't really see it um, with Justice Winslow and Nas just yet. Like in my mind's eye hasn't... hasn't um, considered that lineup to be like a, a great success, but the energy and the length and the defense on that pairing makes sense. And Justice Winslow does these little things and make me get excited about what it could be. He had a play tonight where he caught it at the elbow. He turned fake tie, went low, just an entry pass to Nurk. NBA players can barely throw post-entry passes. Just having a guy who can make a simple but but skill, high skill level pass to get guys in the spot they need it. It's he's he can help. I'm starting to buy that. Um, I'm still trying to figure out how the puzzle fit the puzzle pieces work with, with, with non-shooters, but I kind of see justice Winslow as a guy who can help because of the skills and because of the passing. And one thing the Blazers have done recently, and I hope they continue to do is that they have this sort of egalitarian. If you grab the rebound, you are allowed to leave. So CJ Ellaby grabs a rebound, grab and go. Trenton Watford grabs a rebound, grab and go. Justice Winslow, Josh Hart, Amphrey Simons. If you if a little guy grabs the defensive rebound, just push. Just push and get into early offense, or at least get you know flatten out the defense and make them, even if you end up running your stuff, make them guard early in the shot clock. Make them scramble back and match up. Maybe you get an advantage, maybe you don't. Um, but it's it's that that is the type of thing where you say this is repeatable more grab and go stuff less deliberate less deliberate pass the ball to dame um and make and make him be the one who comes up against 10 eyeballs like more more just random chaotic high energy basketball that's the type of repeatable stuff one more thing in my notes is that the blazers have run a lot more split cuts uh and what that is and i mean split cuts out of the post. So they'll throw it in the post. They've done it with Nurk a bunch, but they they did it with Justice Winslow uh, three t- three separate times against the Knicks, and I love it. I love it. Throw the ball into the post. 
The post player is a passer, not a scorer, but he's near the rim. He's engaging a defender. He's going to draw some attention. And then you run split cuts, which is more probably more helpful to do on video, but it's basically like when two guards come together and it looks like one of them is setting a down screen to send the guy towards the rim uh, and the, and then is going to loop up towards the, you know, towards the top of the key. And instead they can read off each other and just sp split. They can, they can, they can just say, okay, looks like we're going to go here. Just kidding. One, one goes to the rim, one leaks out the other way. You just, you, you come together like you're setting a screen. Usually the contact on the screen is what indicates to defenses to switch and you prey off that off ball switching. You prey off those instincts of defenders. The Blazers have run way more split cuts out of the post over the last four games and they have all year long and they've been running it more and more with Nurk, but now they're running with other guys like Justice Winslow. I love it. These are the repeatable things. I think some of the actions, more ball movement, more split cuts, more random grab and goes. I love it. And then if you fit, those are like things like, okay, this works. Do this when your team is whole. And then you start figuring out the puzzle pieces. Like I said, with Josh Hart, I'm not worried about his puzzle piece. Justice Winslow, I love what he brings, but I'm a little more confused about his puzzle piece because I think he's probably best as a four. If you play him at the the three you really need shooting at the four but maybe the Blazers have enough shooting with Dame and and Ant that it doesn't matter and like just the passing ability will make up for so much of it and the defense and the energy will make up for so much of it like I'm excited how those puzzle pieces fit but I think there's some stylistic things that the Blazers have done that I'm excited about and if they repeat those or they carry those over the lessons learned like Nurk isn't just a pick and roll guy but he can be a post up guy and if you give him post touches he can make good decisions as a passer out of the post he has so many times this year when the helps early on the post he's done this a, a bunch of the 10 games not before the, not as the double team comes but if the help is early so he catches in the post and there's already a guy with a, a foot in the paint or two feet in the paint you know shading over to, to, to provide that load up in case Nurk does turn middle because everyone knows he's going to turn middle like he's just so powerful but they know what he's going to do but he can't really stop him he just whips it early he whips it early across court now, a one-handed pass he's found uh just swinzel a couple times with that with that pass he's 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 found uh josh hart once with that pass like he's he's getting there and it's like these type of lessons if you can learn those you can put that like these are the sort of the basketball stuff you can put into um that can in the, when the fall comes and when this team is whole whatever it might look like you can, these are, these are styles and, and, and actions and stuff that you can say, this works for us. Let's go to it. And I think when I'm watching this team, that's what I'm watching for. So when you're watching this team, see if you can figure out how, how maybe you think the puzzle pieces might fit in the future. Think if you dropped Ant and dropped Nas or dropped Dame and dropped Nas in there. If you dropped, um, you know, pick, pick your random, uh, you know, seventh pick in the NBA draft and drop them in there. If you, whatever it might be and think about the puzzle pieces. Cause when I'm watching, I'm fascinated by how the future puzzle fits and I'm entertained by the current product. I'm so entertained because the Blazers keep winning and that might be a problem. Not really for you and I, but perhaps for the future of the franchise. Let's talk about to close the show. What if the Blazers can't tank? What if they're just straight up bad at it? First though, let's talk about Bill Barr. Best tasting protein bar on the market. Your typical built bar, 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and just four net carbs. Packing a lot of punch, not giving you a high caloric intake, not filling you up with sugars. Uh, other protein bars can try. Very few can match that 
that uh, your macros, and none of them can match the flavor. That combo of a delicious and nutritious bar, you're not going to find a better one on the market. For me, I love peanut butter brownie. I love cookies and cream. I mess with the coconut almond. I like mint brownie from time to time. I've been known to buy a a, a salted caramel as well. There's also double chocolate. There's some fruity flavors. There's limited time flavors. So why don't you go to built.com right now, see what they got in store for you, and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's 15% off when you use the promo code LOCKED15 at built.com. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. Still listening to Locks on Blazers. Talk about Blazers win over the Bucks. Kind of talks about what how I'm watching these games. I'm watching the present for the future, but the present keeps winning. Three in a row. Break up the Blazers, baby. And you know, there are there are the Blazers are trying to lose. Like, let's let's keep it real. Like the 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 front office made some decisions to 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 be less competitive. But a veteran group with Winslow and Nurk and Hart and then and, and Simons, who's young, but you know, his fourth year in the league. Uh like those are NBA players. You got four pretty bona fide NBA players. You're getting better minutes out of CJ Ellaby. Uh Ben McLemore gave the Blazers really good minutes against the Knicks. They're they're winning games. So the question is like what if they can't tank? And to be clear, like just we'll just go over sort of what, what's at play here. Uh, the Blazers have a lottery-protected pick that's owed to the Chicago Bulls. If the Blazers miss the playoffs, they get their pick. They get to keep their draft pick. So there's some real incentive because they're kind of taking this gap year and not trying to be competitive, not going for it, their best players out, um, to, to, to pursue... The draft pick to try to to try to lose in order to get the draft pick, but players don't lose. Like players don't tank. Justice Winslow, Anthony Simons don't tank. Ant's not going to not take you know seven of sixteen from three. He's not going to go. He's not down for the cause, so he's going to go five of sixteen and like intentionally miss shots. Players do not tank. The way you tank is by putting less talent on the floor, and I believe the Blazers attempted to do that because their bench includes two way player Trenton Watford, second round pick Greg Brown, second round pick Elijah Hughes. Uh, veteran minimum guy Ben McLemore. They're starting CJ Ellaby. This is not a team that is sort of chasing it with talent, but they're getting it done because the other pieces fit and Amphrey Simons has been so darn good. So if they don't tank, if they, if they, they're right now, they're in 10th place. Uh, the, the way the play-in works is that if Blazers finish in 10th, they'd have to win a game against the ninth seeded team and then win a game against the loser of the 7-8 game. And then they would make the playoffs as the eighth seed. They'd have to win two single elimination games to make the playoffs. Finishing in the regular, the, the lottery does not care about the play-in. The lottery only cares about who makes the final playoffs. So it's not like, um, th- the, it doesn't matter where you finish in the regular season. It matters if you make uh, the final bracket. So that that is what will determine whether Blazers keep their pick or not. So, like they're winning. I, I think at some point it'll catch up with them, and they're just um, they're not going to rip off you know win eight of ten. But I don't think it's crazy that they would win something like 51 percent of the remaining games, like just under or just over half. Like just because they're competitive and they have Anthony Simons and Josh Hart can play. And, you know, if Nurk's healthy, they're going to be good. Like it's just, it, it, it's totally in the cards. They have a pretty, a pretty soft schedule coming out of the all-star break where they could rip off. I don't know. Um, I believe Jason quick teased 11 wins at one point, but like they could go five and six, no problem in that stretch. Uh, and when you're trying to lose going five and six feels a lot like winning too many games. So the question is like, what if they can't tank? Is this, is this, a nightmare. And why I said players don't tank is because like none of these gentlemen are, you know, if Chauncey Bill was going to play 
the vets a bunch and all this. Like if you're getting 35 minutes and 30 from Ant and 36 minutes from Josh Hart, like this is the team trying to win games. Um, and you can't fault Chunch Billups for that by any means. Uh, front offices tank and they try to do it, but he's, he's still piecing it together. So uh, like if they can't tank, is it the end of the world? And I think my answer to that is yes and no. I think over the, like, the the Blazers' best, best path forward is that they lose a bunch and end up with the one of the four top picks in the NBA draft. They get in the lottery. They The ping pong balls bounce their way. They pick fourth in the draft. Now, I've seen some people say, we pick better late in the first round than the than in the first round. That's... <laughs> That's like confirmation bias. You want to be near the top of the draft. Like you want to be near the top of the draft. You'd rather screw up three than figure it out at ten. Uh, even doesn't matter where CJ McCollum was drafted. They should have drafted Giannis Antetokounmpo at that spot anyway. So it's like it doesn't. That's, that's not how the draft works. You want to draft higher. Trust me. Trust me. Trust me. Trust me. You want to. You want to have the second pick in the NBA draft and draft Giannis Antetokounmpo. You want to get them both right. Um, you know, it doesn't do you any good um, the other way around. Or, or it does, but it's it's too risky. So like that's their best path forward because their best path forward is that they either draft a one of the top four players in the, in the coming out of college coming, coming into this draft class. And that player turns into a star in, in the next two seasons and props up the next iteration of Dame and Ant and Nurk. And, and that team is competitive immediately with a young player. They also are hoping that the Pelicans miss the playoffs. They get another pick, say they get something like best case scenario for the Blazers is like literally one and five, but let's say realistically they pick like five and nine. Those are either two picks, two players who they get the picks right and can play for them in the future, or they can be trade chips. I think there's it's kind of undeniable that that's their best path forward, right? Is to you want um, you want the trade chips, you want the draft picks, whether you value them as trade chips or you value them as prospects you're going to draft and develop. Either way around, I think you want those players heading into the summer. I also think, like just in general, there isn't much to be gained from winning and getting into eighth like i think there's a line of thinking that says like if you tank you develop bad habits because you're developing a losing culture players don't tank franchises tank if you're playing the right way developing good habits and losing because of lack of talent i think an injection of talent and a continuation of those good habits erases all that nonsense about losing culture garbage i just i don't believe that i don't believe you need to win to to um to have a winning culture. I believe you need to play well. The Blazers are playing well. If they lose because it's too much Greg Brown and too much uh, Elijah Hughes, fine. So be it. That's not going to make Damian Lillard worse in the fall. Um, that is, Those are independent things. I think if you develop good habits, even if you lose, best case scenario is you develop good habits and lose for the Blazers, and, and then you'll be in the right spot. But there is this other line of thinking. What if they can't tank? What if they win? What if they finish in ninth? What and they and they and the Lakers and the Pelicans and the and the you know the bottom half of the West just gets the hell up out their way and they end up in eighth and they make the playoffs. Darn it. There is a small silver lining to that. And that would be that they go ahead and give up their pick to the Toronto or to the Toronto, I was going to Toronto Bulls, the Chicago Bulls. They give up that pick that they owe to the Chicago Bulls. That first round pick conveys, they give it to the Bulls. It's the 15th pick in the draft. Feels like a bummer. Whoops, whoops, whoops. They should have lost, but they didn't. 
but then their picks are freed. They no longer owe the Bulls a future pick. They could trade a future pick. They could trade, not unlimited, but they'd have a lot more future picks on the table to trade, plus potentially the Pelicans pick. So I think there is a silver lining somewhere, but the Blazers, this team is too good. And they look good right now. I don't, I'm prisoner moment a little bit, admittedly, because they've won three in a row. And when a team wins, it feels like they'll never lose. And when they lose, it feels like they'll never win. We're in the never lose category because they've won three in a row. Uh, I, I think it'll even out a little bit, but I don't think this team's going to lose like 14 straight or anything like that. Not as currently constructed. Uh, not without, not even going to say it, not without changes. Um, but it's, so like, if they, if they F around and end up eighth, end up in the playoffs after the play-in tournament, there is some, there is something to be said for the Blazers giving up that Bulls pick right away, having their future picks, which would mean they would immediately be able to trade future picks. Uh, they would have, in some ways, a larger, more enticing trade package if they're going for the like the all in on a star. Um, who knows who that star might be, et cetera, et cetera. And sure as hell, you don't need extra picks to land Jeremy Grant. Please don't, please don't do that. Uh, but like. There is, if they do end up in the playoffs, if this is a failed tank job, if the Blazers are too good, they were too, they were too, not capable of winning at a high level and not capable of losing at a high level, just like a truly perfectly okay team. Uh, and they, and, and the trades worked, you know, Josh Hart and Justice Winslow are pretty good. Like if that's, if that's what we learn over the last 20 games, so be it. I don't think it's the end of the world if they make the playoffs. I think it's worse. Like, let me be clear. I think it is worse. That is a worse long-term scenario for the Blazers because playing the Suns in the opening round of the playoffs is, is not some sort of vital reward for Anthony Simons. It's just a chance to lose some games. Maybe the Allen Estate makes some money off the playoff gate. Maybe you get to go to a playoff game. Could be fun. Uh, I would enjoy it. I like playoff basketball. But like, the long-term health of the franchise is better if they miss the playoffs. If they, It's better if they get a couple lottery picks and are armed with that. But I don't think it's the end of the world if they can't tank. Uh, I also don't think it's the end of the world if they do like straight-up tank and they say like, hey, Greg Brown, you're playing 28 minutes tonight. And they like really lean into it at, towards the end of the year because I don't, believe, I don't believe in that sort of losing culture, losing mentality stuff. If you're playing with good habits, talent is what helps. If you're playing with bad habits like they were early in the year, talent didn't help. But they've, they've developed much better habits. And if they play with good habits, I'm not worried about them. If you play with... If players play the right way, but they aren't very good at basketball, it's not. It doesn't poison the well. Uh, so, I think they can lose and be and be okay. And I think if they win, it's not. It's not the absolute end of the world. And like, I don't know. What if? <laughs> what if they screw around and you know win? win the dang whole dang thing. No, I don't actually think that. I was going to make a joke about winning a playoff series. I don't even think that's either. I don't think they, it's not good enough to do that. Uh, we, they're a f entertaining, fun team. Um, if they can't tank, so be it. We'll enjoy the wins when they come. But I think they're going to end up maybe just sliding out of the playoffs is how this ends. They're not going to be truly one of the bad teams, but they will have a chance at ping pong balls. That is going to do it for today's show. Uh, come back later this week. We got more shows coming. We got an interview later this week. Uh, I'm not going to tease it out because I haven't nailed it down yet, but uh, fun guests joining me on the program. So make sure you come back for that one. We'll do a mailbag. We're heading into the all-star break. It's a fun time to get on board. So do it. Come back. Make it your first listen every single day. Tell your friends to do the same. Wherever you're looking for us, we're available on all platforms. Faux free five days a week. Just search Lockdown Blazers. You'll find us right there waiting for you. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.